0: I'm Eddie Rowley, and you're listening to My Country Life, a podcast that takes you backstage and into the real lives of Ireland's country music, kings and queens. Each podcast in this series features a country star opening up the doors to their past and taking us on their personal journey into the spotlight. Along the way, they reveal their highs and lows, happiness and heartaches, and their struggle to find success. Here we meet Cleona Hagen who first shot to fame as a child singer on the late, late Toy Show. A classically trained singer, Cleona would later go on to compete on RTE's The All-Ireland Talent Show, where her mentor, Magella O'Donnell, recognised that she had the perfect voice for country. Cleona, who grew up loving country music, reveals that she packed in a teaching job and plotted her own path to success as a performer, taking inspiration from her idol, Dolly Parton. And here she also tells the inside story of the romantic lakeside proposal from boyfriend Simon Shearn. This is My Country Life, a Sunday World podcast. So, Cleona, welcome to My Country Life.
1: Thank you, Eddie.
2: Delighted to, to be chatting to your lovely self.
0: Great to have you on the podcast.
2: Thank you so much.
0: And we're catching up with you at a time when you're you're really busy at the moment. You're in rehearsals for the Dolly Show, which probably will be up and running by the time uh, this goes out.
2: Yeah, the Dolly Song Um I'm very very excited for it. Uh, I released the Dolly Songbook album just before Christmas, and it's basically a celebration of all the songs Dolly, Dolly has written. All. Her classics like Nine to Five, Jolene, and of course a few of the older songs, um, like Wildflowers, and we're going to be bringing this to concert. And it's going to be happening on the 10th of March, Um, starting off in Cashel. We're going to be in Waterford on the 13th, Ennis on the 15th, Sligo on the 16th, Portlaoise on the 18th, Killarney on the 20th and finishing off (laughs) in Ennis Gillen on the 27th of March. So we're very, very excited and I'm working so, so hard to put on the best show possible.
0: Because you're you're known as Ireland's answer to uh, Dolly Parton.
2: Do you know, what? when everybody says that to me, it's just like the the nicest thing possible. Of course, everyone knows that I absolutely love Dolly Parton. She's my favourite singer of all time. And when I get compared to uh, being an Irish Dolly Parton, well, I'm just absolutely thrilled. And of course, when I was able to put together the Dolly songbook, that has always been something on my bucket list that I've always wanted to do. So to get to to complete it during such hard times this past few years has is, is kind of kept me mentally um on a on a good path so I'm I'm delighted that we have something to look forward to now in March.
0: Yeah. And we'll we'll chat about Dolly later on then. Um but first of all just go back to your, your, your childhood. You were the, the youngest of a family of three, was it?
2: Yes I was a baby. Yeah. So there's um three girls so God God help Daddy. <laughs> he was definitely outnumbered. Um so yeah I was the youngest of two two older sisters and um yeah we we we, they love to sing as well. They they didn't follow the singing just as much as I have, but um, we we're all very, very close. And it's great great to have the two girls, of course, growing up. It, it, <laughs> it could have been a different story at times. We would have been fighting over makeup and clothes and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very thankful to, to have them.
0: You grew up in... Ballinderry, is it?
2: Yeah, so there's a few Ballinderrys, and um, there's a few yeah. Ballinderrys in Belfast, and I believe there's a few down south as well. I passed down, um, passed a few, a few times. So, but yeah, I'm based in County Tyrone, Ballinderry, and um, it's it's a lovely parish that that we grew up in, and it's it's in the countryside, and um, it's yeah, it's a beautiful place, and lovely people live here. So yeah, that's that's where that's where I heal <laughs> from. <laughs>
0: You you really are a country girl.
2: Yeah, for sure. That's true.
0: <laughs> and what did your dad do and your parents do? You were in farming background no?
2: Yeah, my um well, none of my parents sing at all. Um my dad would like to think he's like Bono out of you two. And that's just <laughs> just not the case. And as for my mum, well, I God love me. God forgive me for saying this, but she's honestly the worst singer I've ever heard in my life. It's <laughs> <She is> terrible. <laughs> she actually whispers more so than sings. Um but yeah, they're, they're very supportive growing up. We were very lucky to have such supportive parents and always wanted us to go down the route of um, you know, getting jobs that would make us happy. And of course, I was trained as a teacher and I taught uh, secondary school music for a few years. And um, when I approached my mom, I was chatting to her and I said, I just miss being on stage so much. And she was just beyond supportive and told me just to go for it 100%.
0: You skipped over the the, 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 the the fact that you were the golden girl in the family <laughs> and, as, and, and as a chi- child you were obviously the youngest and the spoilt one no, and the princess. Do you, know,
2: do you know what? My two older sisters always would have kept me going saying, oh, mummy's pat and the golden child just because you're the baby of the house. But it's not true. Yes. <laughs> 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 Don't believe a word it they po- say.
0: It probably is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm saying <set off. laughs> nothing.
0: <laughs> uh, I was asking you there, did you come from a farming background?
2: No, no, not from a farming background. Um, my parents, uh, my dad years ago, he worked at upholstery and my mum was, um, she worked in childcare. So no, never any farming background. So um, even though we live in the country, no, there's a few farms close by though.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are your sister's uh, names?
2: My sister, the eldest is called Teresa and the middle one is called Nicole.
0: Right. And your mum uh, brought you to all the, the various singing lessons and piano lessons. and
2: Yeah, yeah. mummy was always, um, she definitely was, definitely always there for us, driving us to every lesson under the sun that we, we took the notion sometimes, oh, I want to play this instrument. And then the next week it could have been a different instrument, but she was very, very good in always making sure that we always got to try out things that we we wanted to try. And then, of course, grew to love. So I was very, very fortunate for that. And yeah, just extremely supportive parents.
0: I believe uh, as as a child you used to put on little concerts in the in the house.
2: <laughs> Do you know? Yes, I would have my sisters would have been like, seriously, Clona, like, give it a break. I can't listen to it anymore. <laughs> I think they were gonna throw me out of the house um at various points for sure. But I would have done a lot a lot more at Granny's house. I would have stayed at my granny McCuskey, Mary McCuskey's house for all the time. I loved my granny so much, God rest her soul. But I always would have put on like concerts for granny and would have sang to her all the time. And she was so good listening to me. <laughs> 24-7, her head must have been turned by the end of it. But um yeah, I just was one of those children that I suppose was very energetic, absolutely loved music and um, just the whole even performance of music. I remember even watching... And videos of Dolly Parton, of course, and Shania Twain and just thinking to myself, wow, I really want to do that when I'm older. So I definitely had the craving for it from a a very, very young age.
0: Yeah. Um uh, Nathan Carter was telling us that he used to charge his parents and his aunts and uncles in to see him perform in the living room. <laughs> oh was my god,
2: what was wrong with me? I never even thought of that. My goodness. Here You didn't he had, you
0: just didn't have the business head on then. Jonah,
2: oh my God. <laughs> I was just thankful that somebody anybody would listen to me at that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. I'll have to chat to him about that the next time. <laughs>
0: Uh, and you lost your, your grandmother, did you, in, in recent years?
2: Yeah, um, Granny passed away 2016 or 2017. Um, so yeah, she of course was definitely my number one fan when i done the All-Ireland Talent Show years ago. Um, my Granny was there cheering me on in the audience. So she was definitely an integral part of my, um, I suppose, my love of music for always encouraging me for... Um, always being there as well and support me, which is very important. And so yeah, she was definitely my number one fan for sure. And I know she's she's up there looking looking over us all.
0: Yeah, well, obviously she has a hand in your career as well.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, I totally you, agree with that. It's
0: <laughs> absolutely flying. Um and, and the the she did get to see a lot of a lot of your success, even going back to was it as a twelve year old you were on the late, late toy show?
2: Yes, I was indeed. And I remember I I Played the piano and sang. We're walking, walking in the air. Sorry, and I sent in that videotape. And of course, I was very, very lucky that I got picked out of all uh, so many tapes and auditions. And I remember telling Granny, and she was just like, "Oh my goodness, that's amazing!" And she would her little friend Annie, who lived down the road from her. She was on the phone straight away telling Annie, and uh, it was so cute to see how how excited she was for me and. As I said, yeah, she was there, there through it all, and and um, watched me at every, I suppose, you know, fish that I would have done, and um, yeah, it was it was brilliant. And I remember I sang when I, I released I need someone to hold me when I cry, and I sang that song for Granny before I decided to actually record it, and she was just blown away by it. She loved it, and it was definitely one of her favourite songs. So anytime I perform that, I'd always think of her. Hey, oh.
1: So packed and waiting by the door If you really want to go, it's alright
0: The late late toy show at at um, at, tw- at twelve years of age, that was uh, quite an experience, wasn't it? And and back then, I mean, uh, Pat Kenny, I think was was Pat the Kenny back Yes, then, he was before. indeed.
2: Yeah. yeah, it was of course like every child and every everyone in Ireland up and down the country. And just like our our, our household, the Lately Late A Toy Show was always something very special that we would watch every year without fail. And of course, I remember growing up and thinking, oh, look at that toy, I want that from Santa Claus. And, you know, it's just such an exciting feeling. It's a it's a fantastic um, show and you can just see the whole country coming together to watch it. And you really do get that really special feeling watching that show. So being able to get on and be one of the kids that got to perform on the Lately Late A Show was just unbelievable and I remember after I performed on the Late Late Show and I came back my whole school and the assembly was clapping for me and it was just it was just such a wonderful time and a have very very fond memories and of course I was very very nervous I sang Silent Night and I just remember thinking to myself okay can. I? Just keep smiling and just keep singing. Just don't stop. <laughs> so thank God I, I got I got through it anyway.
0: Were you, were you dressed as a snowman or something? Oh,
2: my goodness, yes. My we had me dressed head to toe. She had like this fluffy cap, only white cap and a fluffy cardigan and white. Everything was white and white trousers. And she got these pair. There's a pair of black um, knee-high boots. And she got them spray painted white to obviously go underneath my trousers. So, yeah, I was I was like a snowman from head to toe. So, yeah, it was (laughs) interesting. I don't know what her thought was behind that, but um, yeah, (laughs) I've remembered her for that one anyway.
0: (laughs) And was it was it a a, a video or a tape you recorded to for the uh, first audition?
2: And for the first audition, it was actually a videotape that we recorded and my uncle recorded it on his big, massive camera. And then we sent it in to, to the the lady at Show or okay. T. Yeah, or T. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Quite a while ago now.
0: You had to go then for an audition, did you?
2: And then I had to go for an audition. I remember there was there was at least there was either three or four judges, but I remember I was so nervous and I again I sang Walking in the Air and then they asked me to sing a second song. So I then sang Silent Night and they were they were, I remember them saying that they absolutely love Silent Night. And so I was, I got very good positive vibes. And of course I, fingers were crossed that I I was going to get a call back. And it was very fortunate that they rang and they said, clearly you're going to be on the late, late yeah. toy show. So any child's dreams, like, it was just like all my dreams had come true at that point. That was, It was just very, very special. And of course now to be on the show years later and, um, For Ryan Tuberty to play back the clip was just it was it was lovely it was it's 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 very very nice to see
0: yeah it's an an amazing connection
2: it is and I love performing on the Late Late Show and um it's just it's there's just something about the Late Late Show that any any artist especially in Ireland it's just kind of like the pinnacle to get to perform on and especially with myself having been on the Toy Show when I was just a kid um it's it's even more special in a way too so yeah it's, it's, and, it's, and
0: and that time on the late late show you got to meet some of your uh, teenage idols S Club 7 were oh on my it, God, they were bu- yes
2: busted. yeah I remember I remember seeing Charlie at a busted and I I had a, a definitely a crush on him <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> even speak and he was like so tall as well I was like hello <laughs> I was so nervous <laughs> and then of course I got to meet all the S Club 7 it was a huge S Club seven fan and getting to meet all them guys was just like wow for for any kid. so yeah that was I was like I have my little autograph book that I had back then my little pink autograph book so I've still got all their all their um autographs and signatures so uh yeah it was it was really really cool to get to meet them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say you're the envy of all your pals Oh, school. yeah,
2: for sure. They were pure jealous. They're like, let me see the autograph. <laughs> so, I've,
0: I've seen those photographs from from that uh, late, late uh, toy show. And picture of you with Pat Kenny and, and with, with, with S Club 7 and with uh, Busted. And you were a little brown-haired girl, were you?
2: I was, yes. I'm not naturally blonde. <laughs> uh, yeah, brown hair and naturally brown. And, um, yeah, getting to meet Pat. He was so, he's a lovely, lovely man and... Of course, getting to meet uh, the yeah. celebrities and S Club 7 and Busted and to get to perform on the show. And even like with the fake snow coming down when I was singing and it was just it was it was beautiful. I really, really enjoyed it. And it's definitely a, a time I'll never forget. And of course, getting to see all the toys, I was just mesmerized by a lot as well. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then uh, uh, later on again, you turn up on um, the Ireland's Got Talent or the All-Ireland Talent Show, as it was called then.
2: Yeah, the All-Ireland Talent Show. And Donna was my mentor. So, um, yeah, though it was, it was amazing getting to, to sing on that All-Ireland Talent Show. And I actually remember as well, um, Magella O'Donnell was actually, um, she was in with Donna, at the, Donna at the time as a mentor. And she said to me, Cleo and I really think that you should get into country music. You have a beautiful, natural lilt to your voice. And at that time I was um singing classically but I always remember Magella that, and she was just she was just a, a lovely lovely lady and um yeah so I I did tell her down the line again I was like that was me all them years ago <laughs> and you were right <laughs> I should have been singing country <laughs> So yeah she 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 wasn't too slow
0: Yeah another incredible connection with country music
2: getting to meet all these you know of course major people and especially when I was at a young age and them like, even Magella saying to me way back then, you know, your voice or something about your voice would really lend itself to country music. Was, um, it's really great to have, have those memories.
0: So, this was in, um, in uh, 2009, I think. So, you'd have been around 19, would you? Yes. Be? Around that yes, kind of age. 18, 19, yeah, yeah
2: I wasn't it, eight, yeah.
0: So, um And at that stage, were you in college?
2: Yeah, I was um, in university. At that stage, I was in Queen's University in Belfast. And um, yeah, I think it was my mum actually heard about the audition, and then the two of us went. I'm not sure where the audition was again. I can't remember uh, a while ago, but the two of us headed down. And at the time, I actually had red hair, <laughs> <laughs> so I was going through all my different phases, of course, as you would. Um, so yeah, getting to meet even the likes of Dana, weirdly enough, um, when I was started secondary school, I was 12 years of age, eleven, twelve. And for my skill play, I actually sang a Dana song, all kinds of everything. So it's it's unbelievable all these like getting all these little ties, like the things that I've done in the past and then getting to meet these people. It it is very, very special for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um who won oh, the Mulcairns from Ackle Island, I think.
2: Yeah, oh they won. were they were amazing um, absolutely phenomenal dancers and a, a very, very nice family. So, you know, I know I'm always um I know that it's not always about winning and it's about taking part and I'm not just saying that because I didn't win, but um <laughs> <laughs> but that whole experience and actually um singing in front of a camera and learning your craft was so so important for me and um getting to do all these competitions and really putting myself out there and it 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 was so it's things that you have to do and to learn how to perform and to try and get better and progress. So, being on that show was amazing. And of course, having the footage to look back on it now, too, it's, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And what, you, what were you doing in Queens? Uh, um, I was studying
2: stu- music. So, I was uh-huh. classical. Um, everything about music. So, it was basically okay. the whole subject of music. And of course, the performance and the theory and. So everything about music and then after that I went on to Edinburgh to do my PG, they call it DE over there but it's PGCE, to do my years teaching and then I taught over there after that for two years. Then I came back home and I taught um, in Belfast. and then I was like I miss singing too much, I miss being on the stage so I knew I I had to either give it another go or just keep going down the path of um, teaching in a classroom so.
0: What school in Belfast?
2: I was actually teaching in a place in Lurgan, and it was called St. Paul's at the time, but now it's, the, the school's actually shut down and they actually have amalgamated into one big school, I think it's called St. Michael's now, right. but um, yeah, it was, a, it was a lovely place to work and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well.
0: That was a secondary school?
2: It was a secondary school, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you gave up a secondary school teaching job for (laughs) this mad, crazy country music business. Like
2: At the end of the day, it was a huge gamble, of course, Um, with teaching. you, You get that certainty. And of course, just like anyone else, I have my student loans to pay and other bills, of course. So it was a gamble. It was a risk. But I think the risk of not trying would have definitely outweighed the risk of having a, cert- a certain income coming in. I didn't want to have them regret. So it was very, very important for me to at least try my best. And thank goodness, it everyone's been so wonderful, including yourself. And um, I just I feel like I'm part of the country family here now in Ireland, which is pretty darn awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, what attracted you to it?
2: Um. I always, you know, I I think people sometimes just assume, okay, why would you be singing, you know, classical music and then all of a sudden just change to country? That was never the case. I grew up listening to country music. I grew up listening to the greats, as I said, obviously Dolly Parton, um, Garth Brooks, a lot of the Dixie Chicks, a lot of the American country music as well as the the Irish country music. So um, I always loved that genre of music. I love how it spoke to me. I always would have sang that at home. Fair enough, I was trained classically and I would have been singing classical songs, especially when it's going through my grades and whatnot. But um, I always had that love for country music more so than I did for the classical genre. So for me, it was a no brainer. That's the type of music that I wanted to perform. So after a while, when I was teaching, I was like, right, this is what I want to get into. Um, I knew at the time as well that the scene here was the revival was coming back. Um, of course, Nathan, Nathan Carter, and you know so many Nathan and Derek and Lisa, and everybody was bringing this music back. And I, I knew they would. They had been out for a year, two years, probably three years prior to me before I decided to to give it a go because obviously I was living in Scotland for a while as well. So I really wanted to see if if I could if I could do well in the scene. And to not only that, I wanted to really do what I love to do best and that was to sing country music and that was to perform on stage so I wanted to give myself that opportunity and to see if I could succeed and it's been wonderful it has been so so wonderful and the amount of amazing people that I've gotten to meet the amount of doors that have been open to me because of music has has just been unbelievable so I'm very thankful for that.
0: And you were obviously very determined uh, and, and very passionate about it because when you started off, you you, you educated yourself on the country music scene um, and you did your own CDs and your own packaging and you did all of that, didn't you?
2: I did. You know, I, I always knew that nothing is handed to you. Um, I also knew that I was very, very happy that I have a degree behind me because obviously doing music is a gamble. Um And I believe I was at the point in my life where I was ready to give this a go and to do it properly. So when I do anything, I always put 110% into it. So I sat down, I'd done my research. I, I, um, I as you said, done all my own packaging. And I remember going to the post office several times and the lady in the post office was like, "Um, how many packages have you got here? <laughs> I was like, um... I remember my bills were like way over three hundred pound at times. You know, sending all my EPs out to the radio stations and hoping and praying that someone would listen. So I really, really did work hard, and of course, I put in the graph too. I I went and done lots, any guest spots that I could for the first two years before I then took the plunge into, you know, get my band out in the road and whatnot. So it. There was a lot of, a lot of behind the scene works and also as well, I knew that this just didn't happen overnight. So I was prepared for any disappointments Um, and for the belief that I was, you know, that I I have been working hard enough. Um, Everyone's saying to me, keep going. And I could see the amount of people starting to follow me and the amount of people saying they really enjoy my music. And that really did spur me on to to keep going, I, I I suppose, and but yeah, it was very very realistic. I have to say as well regarding that this isn't something that happens overnight. That just like anything else, you have to put so much work into it. And by God, I I worked my backside off.
0: <laughs> and is it is it more difficult for a female in the business?
2: No, I've been asked that question so many times, and I can't really i i I don't know. Um, I have to say that. I can only speak on myself and with with me, I have to say I have equally as many female supporters as I have male pro- supporters. And but it's it's hard to know. I, I've heard that so many times. Um, you know,
0: here's what I I've been told that, you know, um, uh, it's mainly women who go to, to, to the dances and the guys follow the women. But they go for the guys. They go to, if there's a good-looking guy in a band, they will they will flock in huge numbers to see a good-looking guy in a band. Where guys don't flock in huge numbers to see a good-looking girl in a band. They go hoping that there's lots of other girls in in, in the in, in, in the dancing venue or whatever.
2: I know. I, um, I, I have heard that. I have heard that hmm. so many times, and I don't know whether that is the case or not. Um, I hope it's not the case. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I can't say. But all I can speak is on myself, and I have to say, um, I think it's all down to your work ethic. If you kind of get back what you put in, and regarding a guy being on the scene, and if he's good looking, uh, and uh, more girls will follow, and that in turn, the, the men will follow. I don't know. I, I simply don't know.
0: Yeah but did you have you, did you find it difficult to build up a following how, how long were you on the scene before it started to really happen for
2: uh, well, for the first year, I'd done lots of guest spots and then I got out my right. very first uh debut single we're all gonna die someday and that just went phenomenal for me, <laughs> which was unbelievable. I remember yeah. you know at the time I didn't have a facebook uh you know an actual page I just had my own wee personal page and I remember getting Friend request, friend request, friend request, friend request I was like, oh my goodness, what? Like I just wasn't used to that. Lucky that um after I'd done the year of you know getting trying to get my name out there and of course I'm releasing we're all gonna die someday, I find that the singles were really helped in regards to people coming out and supporting me. Um so of course, just like anyone else, anyone would say to you, of course, there's some nights that you probably wish would have been better, and just like me would have been the same, but I've been i suppose lucky enough in the sense that it's it's always been pretty good, which is brilliant and mm. but yeah, of course you, some nights you get disappointed but
0: i mean it's the same Daniel O'Donnell you know says in, in his interviews that uh, sometimes there were more people on the stage than there were actually in the venue
2: oh yeah, <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah of course that's uh, it's like anybody um everybody goes through this and it's It's about perseverance, I suppose as well, and I'm no exception, of course, that has been the case, but I have always been very realistic with myself from day to dot. I knew this wasn't going to be a walk in the park, and it's just been a lot of work, so and a lot of work that hard work that I've only been too happy to do,
0: yeah, yeah, what about the traveling? It's horrendous, isn't it?
2: Oh, I honestly have had to pull over numerous times. Um people have probably seen me asleep at an apple green at one point. You know where the truck went a lot. It's very, it's 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 very tough. I have been, though, lucky enough as well. Um, a lot of the time I have had someone there driving for me. Um because obviously you're it's not only a two-hour gig, you're there at least five, six hours prior to the gig, getting everything sorted, getting your your rehearsals in. And then not only that, you're given two hours of complete full on energy you have to give so so much of yourself and then not only that after that obviously you might have like a five six hour journey home so it's 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 quite demanding especially if you're doing that two three nights you know um consecutively so uh yeah it's it's been it's been tiresome it's again dangerous as well you have to just kind of know okay no this is too much of a journey especially if you're driving yourself just know okay no i need to sleep stay somewhere so, but I have been lucky. I have, you know, always had someone there to drive me and I would just like pass out of sleep. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there's been some nights that I've, I've had to pull over and catch a few Zeds.
0: <laughs> yeah, because even, even that, you know, traveling through the night on your own as mm-hmm. a female, you know, and. It's dangerous. In, it
2: and you, you sometimes can think, oh, it's fine. I'll put the window down. I'll get myself yeah. a fizzy drink and turn up the music. But it's. I suppose you have to be very mindful as well that it's just not you on the road. So, no, it's... it's, And I've heard as well of so many people within the scene who have have had crashes, and thank goodness, nothing... They haven't hurt themselves nor anybody else. So, um, Mm. yeah, that's... it's. You have to take that very seriously as well. So, um, no, but touch wood. All's been okay so far.
0: (laughs) So, for anyone following, looking at you and you're inspiring them and they want to be Cleona Hagen... Uh, What advice would you give them about going into the business? Would you advise them to, if they're young people, to make sure, like you did, get a good education first, have something to fall back on?
2: 100% because, of course, there is so many talented people in Ireland and, unfortunately, not everybody just gets that break at times. Um, But, for me, education was everything to have that to fall back. And, as well, Perfect timing too. For me, I came into the scene when I was 25 and I was ready then. I wasn't kind of flip flopping. I knew exactly what I wanted to do and how I wanted to get there. As well, I would say, don't, if you're, this is exactly what you want to do, don't be disappointed. Just keep going. Of course, everyone has had bad nights. And secondly, do your homework. And like I sat at that conservatory table for, weeks upon weeks and getting information and getting EPs done and posting everything out. So do the work and do the graft and keep going it because when you get that first standing ovation, it just means <laughs> everything more.
0: <laughs> the other thing I, I would advise anyone, I'm sure you'd agree, is there. there we, all, we both know there are unscrupulous people in the business as there are in every business. Uh, so educate yourself on who's who in the business. And I suppose go to somebody like yourself and talk to you and say what about so-and-so what about so-and-so he's offering me this or she's offering me that
2: yeah you know, I was they, very, should, they should do that as well yeah I was very lucky um I actually rang um I found an offer <laughs> online and I, I I rang Susan McCann I never had met Susan McCann in my life and for, <laughs> I was lucky that I got straight to, through this season and you know she told me to send my EP over to her and she was just amazing. Like She went above and beyond and she told me who to get in touch with and, you know, give me contacts, where to send my music. And I was very, very fortunate for that. So, of course, don't be afraid to try and reach out to people because I was very lucky that I got that helping hand with Susan. And um, yeah, I suppose if you, if you can always talk to somebody, you'll never get lost, I suppose.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's the great thing about people in the community, in, in the country music community. They are so open. to to everyone, aren't they? Yeah,
2: you know, giving advice and help. Unlike the, I suppose, the pop genre or, you know, these other people, they're just untouchable. Whereas, unlike, whereas, you know, the the Irish country music scene, you know, we get to know our, our fans. We get to know the people who support us. We get to know the people who drive ours up and down the road just to see us and our music. And we are all very thankful for that. So the... Irish country music scene is it's 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 an it's an approachable community that people can come and approach us so we can actually give advice or give help. And um I was very thankful for the help that I received from Susan. So, you know, in turn I always try and give my advice if somebody else wants it as well.
0: And Philomena Begley as well. Yes, and what? Philomena
2: Begley as well. And of course Aidan was managing me back then and you know i have been very fortunate that i have been with such awesome people and um all very very supportive all very helpful can never do enough for you and um we're very thankful for the people within the scene that that are like that so we're yeah yeah definitely so i hope i can be the same for someone else
0: yeah uh and then you were on the dancing scene and the concert scene you had your own band uh but you that, that you ended with the band, did you?
2: As years go on, bands change. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm very fortunate now that I'm with the Sheeran family band, they're going to be um backing me. Of course, they're unbelievable musicians. You know them, Eddie. They're so well renowned, they have a
0: fantastic drummer.
2: Unbelievable, <laughs> yeah. I think I kind of know him. <laughs> We, um, t-
0: we we talk about him in a li-
2: in a minute.
0: <laughs> in a yeah. minute yeah, but, but yes, uh, it's, it's yeah. the
2: dancing scene's been awesome. I've been very lucky. I've had some amazing musicians backing me and singing with me, so it's been really cool. And of course, getting to have the front seat in in the house to watch everybody dancing and loving life. So it's it's been a pretty pretty cool six seven years.
0: Yeah, yeah, and a great as you said, you came on the scene at a fantastic time. You know, all, all the dances were all selling out amazing festivals every summer and uh, hopefully they'll be back now uh, this year again.
2: Yeah, fingers crossed. You know, we've got so many festivals in our book for this summer and we cannot wait to get out and perform. There's something about festivals I just love it, the atmosphere, the energy. It's summertime. Everybody is just loving life, loving the the brighter evenings and, of course, just being outside and stuff. It's really, really cool. I Probably one of my favourite things to do is a festival. And... I can't wait. I cannot wait. Bring on the summer.
0: <laughs> yeah, we won't dwell too much on on the whole pandemic because hopefully we're we're, we're seeing sort of that in the rear, mirror, mirror, <laughs> rear view mirror now. But I mean, what was the two years like for you?
1: Um, for
2: me, uh, I suppose just like anyone else, it's opened my eyes as to how precious life is, how fleeting it can be, um, and what I really, really want to do and what music I want to, to get out. And I, I was so lucky that I was able to record all them classic Dolly Parton songs. I loved in it and I can't wait to get into concert. That's one thing that might, that's probably my favorite thing to do is concerts. Um, so because everyone's really listening, they're listening to every word you say. So I'm, I, I can't wait for that. And I think, Myself as a person, too, I've kind of had, well, I've, I've had to slow down um, pre COVID. I've always been always thinking, okay, what do I have to do next? You know, trying to always, I suppose, be in competition with myself. How can I progress as a person? How can I make my music better? What's my next step? And I've actually kind of got to the point where I was I'm like, okay, up, can't calm down, take an hour, watch TV, read a book, just to enjoy life. And not always thinking of my next move. So I've really—that's, I suppose—is what I've learned the most. Long-winded answer. Sorry. Yeah, because. <laughs>
0: no, 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 no. Absolutely, um, uh, and of course, uh, social media is huge nowadays. So you were trying to keep on top of that as well.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Now I was—I was always pre-COVID posting something on social media, and now I don't do that. I post something when I want to post something, not for the need of posting something. And I think anybody who follows me on social media can see that. I don't put a story up every two seconds. Oh, here I am drinking coffee or eating dinner. Do you know, it's not me. I want to live in the moment instead of living through social media. Don't get me wrong. It's brilliant what social media can do, especially for musicians like ourselves. So I'm so grateful for it. But again, I don't want that to determine every second of my day.
0: You see, many artists just have a manager or a team to, to do that for them.
2: Unfortunately, <laughs> not us in the Irish, in our <laughs> Irish country music scene. So we're more no. down to earth when it comes to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's pretty. That is pretty. It's a second job, really, isn't it? It's it is on. surely.
2: It really is. Yeah. And um, I I do enjoy it, but I don't want it mm. do like it took like pre COVID for me to be thinking. Okay, what do I have to put up? Whatever I want to I actually. I what I'm doing now is I'm actually sitting down. I'm taking time. To really learn my songs, to what song do I want to do next? I don't want my music to kind of take a backseat because I have to do something to put up on social media, which usually takes quite a while to do. If I'm taking a photo, it takes quite a few ticks, Eddie. <laughs> 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 so to get that decent one. So um, yeah, oh, yeah. it definitely takes me out. one. Now you're lucky. It takes me <laughs> thousands. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and was it true? True lockdown that um, the Dolly Parton show came? Yeah, about, um, idea. Yeah,
2: yeah. I was I was approached by Mick Clerkin and from Ritz Records, and he always said that this is an album he wanted to do for years, but he just he was waiting for someone to fit the bill, and he thought that i could do a great job on it so the two of us went away and we 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 wrote down all our favorite i suppose Dolly parton songs obviously the ones that she's written now she's written over a thousand songs so you can imagine trying to whittle it down to 12 was no (laughs) easy task but we came back and um of course we 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 whittled down our favorite songs and the process then of creating the album was amazing we went to des shearing and um produce the whole album like they did back in the day and everything was done live and just to see it all come together was amazing. I was involved in every step of the production process and I have never been more proud of an album than I am of the Dolly Songbook album.
0: And Mick Clerken is um, a legend in the, yeah. in the business going back to Ritz records, day, Ritz records days and Daniel O'Donnell. He put Daniel O'Donnell on the road.
2: Yeah, and, and, he was and, an integral part as well. He was with Daniel O'Donnell for years. And so it was so awesome when he approached me about this project. And I was, I was, I was excited to get chatting to him, of course, as you said, like he is so well-known and a legend. So um, it was great to get to chat to him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, So the 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 show obviously developed from there, did it? The Dolly Show.
2: It did. Yeah. It's always has been truth be told, Eddie, something that I've wanted to do, and also the album as well was something I wanted to do. But I I wasn't planning on that during lockdown. I had something else on the burner that I was actually working on. So when Mick approached me, I was just thinking, let's do it. You know, let's go for it, one hundred percent. I'm so glad I did. So. From the album, of course, then came the thought okay, we really want to bring this album to life, live as well, for everybody to get to hear what is on the album, and of course, so much more. So, the Dolly Songbook Tour just naturally stemmed from from that.
0: So, this will give you an opportunity not just to sing great songs, but to wear. Great outfits.
2: Oh my goodness, of course. That's all That's all I was thinking about was just the rhinestone outfits. <laughs> um, of course, there's going to be people who probably have to bring their sunglasses. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's I can't wait. What, what I want to do is the show that we're working so hard on is to bring, to let people know how these songs actually came about because a lot of the stories behind the songs, I never knew anything about. And when you actually hear these stories and how the songs came about, it actually brings the song even more so to life. So, um, I that's what I really want to do. I really want to pay homage to this legend, who is Dolly Parton, and to obviously not forget about putting my stamp on it as well. So, um, yeah, we're gonna, it's we're we're definitely gonna delve through the life of Dolly Parton and her songs and go from the oldies right up to the 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 more modern pieces. So, we're very very excited for it.
0: Have you ever actually seen her perform in person? Yes, I have. I saw her
2: um, in Belfast twice. And she was just, wow. She sang um, a song called Little Sparrow. And she does this song a cappella. And obviously this was in the arena. There was thousands of people there. And when she started singing this song and just a spotlight on her, I goosebumps. I never heard a vocal like it in my life. So effortless so emotive with every word that she was singing and it just she was fantastic and of course her her jokes are legendary she's amazing she just she seems so down to earth. she seems so approachable and she just seems like a really lovely and nice person so that's what I actually admire most about her is how she's just kept so grounded I suppose
1: sweet used to be, and the flowers still grow, but they don't smell sweet as they did when you picked them for me. And when I think of you and the love we once knew. I-
0: I think one of her jokes is that it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. <laughs>
1: it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. <laughs> <laughs> My American accent is atrocious. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One, and of course, um, you've got the Sheeran family band uh, in, in involved in this show. They're they're the best musicians in the country and they're always involved in whatever TV show. You'll always see some of the Sheerans in the background because they're just superb musicians. Of they're
2: course, really, they are there. Yeah. There's no one like them. You know, I... I heard of the Sheeran Family Band when I was getting started in the country seeing here, here and of course, getting to hear them at various events and having them support me as well at events. I was just like blown away by their muse- musicianship, their harmonies, how they they work together as a, a close knit family. They are just, they make us singing lead sing so much better. They're just so professional they don't skim over anything. Everything is done, and you can see that it's been practiced to within a an inch of its life. So it, it it's been great to always see them at so many events, and you can see why they were they've always been like the number one backing band because they are just they're just outstanding, they really do belong on a stage like the Grand Ole Opry, they're phenomenal absolutely phenomenal
0: and they do, they have their own show as well the Music of the Eagles, uh, Take It to the Limit they're called as a group
2: yes for, they, for are, they are They're indeed yeah. and of course the, Nigel Collins, Simon Casey and Johnny Brady as well Johnny as the Brady. Limit, Take It to the Limit and of course all the Sheeran family band And they're phenomenal, I, I love going to see them and watch them and um, they, they're just top class musicians and to have them back me for this Dolly tour is just going to take it to another level.
0: And of course, the Sheeran family band are family to you now. (laughs) (laughs) you're engaged. (laughs) You are engaged to Simon.
2: Yes, I'm engaged to Simon Sheeran. He's the baby of the house as well. So he's another spoiled one. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Simon, (laughs) he he is not only a fabulous drummer and unbelievable singer, but of course he is my my boo (laughs) my partner in (laughs) crime so um yeah it's awesome that we you know during lockdown we've we've been doing facebook live simon and i and and of course pre-lockdown as well we've been performing together it's so class that you when you can get to do that with with your other half it's something really really special so i'm i'm so thankful for that
0: (laughs) so before he before he became your other half um, yes. When did you first meet? Probably through the business, was it?
2: Uh, yeah, through the business. I met in, I'd say, maybe 2016, but I didn't meet, meet him. I kind of knew off him to say hi bye yeah yeah (laughs) so
0: was he cute
2: yeah but i would never tell him that i wouldn't want to give him a big (laughs) head (laughs) so um but no he he was was uh yeah i always did obviously notice him so um but i i didn't know him I always only knew him to say hello at, at these events and then they became friends and then of course um the rest is history i suppose
0: was he working in your band was he yes. part of your band as well? Yeah.
2: He um after I was on some of the stars, Simon then became my musical director. And so of course he was putting all the music together and just making sure everything was perfect and went smoothly. So yeah, he was he's fantastic. So it was great. We got to play for a good I think year before everything happened. So
0: Yeah. How did that happen? How did how did you decide that actually there's um, something more here than just
2: Oh do you know I think when you're friends with somebody and especially then when you, you spend more time with someone and getting to know Simon as a person and what a, a very kind hearted soul he is. Um, I, I think naturally that just did develop into something more and I'm, I'm so thankful for that. I'm, I'm so delighted <laughs> for that. Um, and yes, yeah, so because you yeah.
0: were, you, you were his boss.
2: <laughs> not, I wasn't the boss like so um, no I was definitely always more like a friend um, more so than that and um, so <laughs> I must actually say that to so, him so so did, boss. Th- that was <laughs> your was boss so, so did
0: did he ask you out or did you ask him out? Did he ask the boss out?
2: Uh, <laughs> he, he asked me out so he did so <laughs> I get so shy talking about this. <laughs> but yeah, he asked me, I and um I didn't say yes straight away, truth be told. Right. So, um yeah, he uh, I made him jump through a few hoops first. <laughs> Did you? Good woman. <laughs> you know, so yeah. He eventually eventually got me to say yes, so. so good. Right.
0: <laughs> and then of course, um obviously lockdown was was a great a chance to really get to know each other. And you you hung out a a lot together, didn't you?
2: Yeah, you know, you get to know somebody so much more, obviously even more time you spend with them. And um, Simon and I, we just tried to, I suppose, make the best out of an awful situation when it came to COVID. So um, Simon is a very, very positive person and always sees, you know, a, a way out. And I would be the same. I would be very positive so the two of us together we just try to um make the best out of an awful situation and just keep going to whatever ways we could and by doing the Facebook lives those are um a fantastic outlet for us we got to perform music to some capacity and we got to a lot of people were saying you know especially people who followed us and a lot of people who didn't there's so many people even overseas tuning in every week they were saying you know this is a highlight of our week and through the awful time so that meant so so much to us and getting to know each other even more as people was um yeah we, we grew even closer and yeah it was an <laughs> interesting
0: and, and and Simon and the family they're they're from Westmeath and obviously you're, you you live in Tyrone so yes. did you we we did, did you move in together or how did that work
2: well we no Simon would obviously still been there so whatever Times we could actually meet, we were able to meet, so um, that's kind of how we kind of we we done that for this past few years, I suppose. So, um, yeah, yeah,
0: and then he obviously decided I can live with this woman
2: yes. for the rest of my life
0: <laughs> 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 because uh, Christmas of 2021 20, 20,
2: 21, yeah, I was like, yeah. what year are yeah. we on now? I'm so confused, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh he sprung a surprise
2: yes he popped the question yeah. so he did <laughs> yeah.
0: so tell, um, tell us how he did that
2: well first and foremost i had no idea that this was happening Eddie. so um we we always would go down to this beautiful lake near simon's home and um, call lock and we would always go walking around it is so so nice so pretty and just really nice to get out in the fresh air and whatnot so and um, one evening let's say about three or four um he was like um We'll go down to the lake for a walk. And I goes, Yeah. And of course, December time it was getting darker, you know, obviously even around that time. Um, but anyway, I was like, Yeah, we should have time still to go for a walk. So we went getting down to Lockery, it's like there's a lot of like little windy roads, and around the very last bend, all I could see was this white arch, flowers, red carpet, candles, and I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and then Simon was like crying, and he got out of the car, and he he got down on one knee, and of course I was crying and laughing hysterically, like a crazy person. And he's like, "Will you marry me?" And I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> <laughs> and so his I didn't I didn't realize that his brother and his sister were hiding around the corner. So there's some. Very unflattering photos of me, <laughs> which will never <laughs> see the light of day. Um, but it was, it was a very beautiful, um, special moment for us. So, yes, he, he done well. He definitely done well. The way he see, proposed.
0: Westmead men are really romantic.
2: You know, he got it down, like, so perfectly because he knew that I, I wouldn't have been one to, like, had something like that in a restaurant or in a crowded place. It was just, it was just, he, he got it so perfectly, just the two of us. Nobody else yeah. around, And the rain held off as well until like 15 minutes after the proposal. So it all worked out perfectly. And, um, yeah, it was, I couldn't have asked for a better proposal.
0: And he had the ring as well.
2: He had a proposal ring. Oh, okay. And yeah, and then the two of us, um, um, we went to a jewellers and he told me to wait in the car. So then when I went in, he had all the rings laid out on the the countertop and so it was great i was loving life and trying on all these beautiful rings so yes then we got our <laughs> got my beautiful ring
0: and have you set a date
2: yes so we are going to be getting married in may this year and um we're very, very excited for it.
0: <laughs> da- it down in in southern ireland is it?
2: yes down in southern yeah. ireland so i'm yeah. so so excited yeah it'll be great we can't wait yeah. and we hope to celebrate with all our family and friends of course
0: yeah and honeymoon
2: I mean, we actually haven't booked a honeymoon yet. And the reason being, of course, with everything being so up in the air, what we'd rather do is to wait like the a week after a wedding and then sit down the two of us and be like, Right, okay, where are we gonna go? <laughs> so that'll be exciting within itself and then of course we'll book it then and there. But just because we've planned for to go away in so many like breaks and holidays and with vouchers for EasyJet and Erling coming out of our ears at this point, so we're like, no, we'd rather just Wait, and as I said, it'll be something exciting to look forward to.
0: Did you say you might go to Nashville and Dollywood as part of the? Oh, of course, that
2: would be the dream, definitely one of the stops for sure. So that's that's on the list. And so fingers crossed that we get to make it to there.
0: Um, um, maybe Dolly will roll out the red carpet for you. You never know,
2: you (laughs) never know. She (laughs) might invite me in for a cup of tea.
0: Well, we'll know you'll have no problem with the first dance because, as you mentioned, you also did Dancing with the Stars a couple, yeah. <laughs> couple of years ago.
2: <laughs> um, now, Simon doesn't really like uh, to dance that much, so it'll probably it'll not be anything um, structured or routine-wise. It's just going to be, because I wouldn't want to put that pressure on Simon either. so it's just going to be yeah. something very relaxed and simple, and, yeah, just it'll, it'll be a normal dance, no Dancing with the Stars <laughs> kind of routine. <laughs>
0: But fair play to you. you, you did Dancing with the Stars and, uh, you know, that's quite a daunting task to uh, take on, to master all those incredible dances. You said you thought you could dance until you went on Dancing with the Stars.
2: <laughs> Do you know what? I always was, i growing up, I loved as well listening and watching Britney Spears and I always would have tried to copy her routines. Um, so I always thought I had a little bit of a move. I never by any means thought I was any good or a professional dancer by any means. But I always love to, to to try and dance anyway. But um, yeah, getting on to Dancing with the Stars and seeing how the professionals do it was just... It was actually very wonderful to watch. But something that they made look so easy and then trying to replicate, well, it wasn't wonderful for them to watch us, let's put it that way. <laughs> it was tough. It was really tough. And to try and copy these routines to the best for our ability and trying to get your body to move in certain ways that I just never moved before in its life. It, it was interesting, but um, I did, you know, my partner, Robert was fantastic. He did say, you know, you've got some of these routines are coming more naturally to you than I suppose others. So it was a great experience. I love a challenge and dancing with the stars. The show itself is amazing and getting to, to perform, you know, at, at that capacity, and to, uh, with a huge production like that, and of course, getting to wear some unbelievable outfits and getting to meet some amazing people, and of course, not to mention getting to dance with an unbelievable professional dancer was just really everything and more. So I, I really will always cherish them them fond memories.
0: Yeah, yeah. It wasn't scary.
2: Oh, a hundred percent. It was very, very nerve wracking, and I think for myself because obviously I am a performer and being on the stage I think that really helped me a lot because of course you're getting on the stage just like you're getting on the stage stage so to speak in front of a live audience so that helped me regarding I was able to I suppose control my nerves was I nervous 100% yes but I believe nerves is brilliant it really does help you so I think that did help in the respect that I was able to keep going. And I always know if I ever make mistakes, just like if I ever make mistakes when it comes to singing, just don't stop. <laughs> just yeah. keep going. Yeah.
0: That's the whole secret, isn't it?
2: Of course. That's the secret. Yeah. Just, just yeah, and sometimes right. people don't know whether <laughs> i make a mistake or not. Unless it's very obvious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but great to have under your belt as well. And you actually reached the final.
2: I did. Like that was a complete shocker. And my goodness. Wow. It was unbelievable. And, to get to week twelve was I was I was just hoping to make it even halfway, like to get a few weeks in, but making it to the end was, was unbelievable. And I was very fortunate that I never had to do a dance off because that always scared me. I was like, I was like, please send me name, please send me name so I don't have to go to the bottom day. So I was very, always very thankful for that. But it is, it's daunting. Everybody's watching you, not only people watching you in the audience like at home the, the amount of people watching that show it's such a hugely popular show so so it was the stress of it but the more you get into like I find like week four or five the more you get into it actually enjoy it more you kind of deal with your nerves as well you kind of get more comfortable you kind of know the routine what's going to happen next so after a while it it it, it um yeah but you, you kind of relax more, I suppose
0: and it probably gave you more confidence as well
2: a hundred percent definitely yeah. like just even learning how to you hold your body, how to dancing is visual, like you're entertaining people just like singing is so even learning to incorporate a little bit of how to hold myself, how to move for certain songs um yeah it was it was definitely a great learning curve for me, and yeah. Um, a fabulous show. I loved it all. If I could do it again, I would do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's quite a journey you've had on TV from being a child on the Late Late Toy Show to the being a teenager on the All-Ireland Talent Show to strutting your stuff on, on Dancing with the Stars. It's pretty amazing.
1: I
2: know. I've, I feel very fortunate and it's it's great to have all these, you know, clips to look back on and things to look yeah. back on as well. And yeah, I loved, I've loved it. All. It's been great. It really has been great. Yeah.
0: Well, listen, uh, a great life so far, but well, lots, lots more to come, obviously, <laughs>
2: so. including, a,
0: including a wedding. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and of course, we look forward to the Dolly Show. And is the Dolly Show then going to be uh, can be part of your uh, creative life for, for and singing life for a few years to come? Is that, is that the plan?
2: Yeah, that is the plan. I'm going to have the Dolly song picture and I'm going to keep doing that every year. And but not only that, I'll also have my own concerts as well as the Dolly Songbook concert. Um, I think anybody all around the world, everybody loves Dolly Parton songs, no matter whether you like country music or not. You're bound to know a Dolly Parton song. So, for me doing this, doing this show and learning these songs, oh my goodness, I'm loving it. I'm loving it all. I'm even here today as well and practicing so many of her songs, and it's it's just great. So I'm 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 hoping to. Keep bringing
1: that to the stage every
0: year. Yeah, well, listen, great, great journey uh, you've had in life so far, and look forward to following the rest. And you're always a pleasure to chat with, and we all love you in the business as well.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Sherry. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cheers, Theona. Thank you. Bye. This has been My Country Life, a Sunday World podcast. This episode was produced by Ian Malini. And the theme music is Rose Gold Renegades by Jesse Frisell. If you enjoy this episode, do consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, I'm Eddie Rowley and this is My Country Life.